eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm French. And, and the brings it back. I'm, I'm got a problem with soccer, to be fair. Football. Oh, what a start! All what I can guarantee to you is that they want to keep everything secret. Great show on tap today. Serie A heats up with some cracking fixtures, including Juve, Inter, and the Rome Derby. Betis Sevilla in their Derby in Seville. Looking forward to that one. The London Derby in the Prem. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. A few London boys in the house today and so much more. Michael LaHood, Nigel Rio Coker, and James Bench are with me. Before we get started, how are you doing, boys? Michael, we'll start with you. I'm doing great. I went for a walk, got my coffee in, watched Nigel Coker try to point. Was it this? Oh, this is he But doing well. Can't wait for the show. Nigel. I'm good, mate. I'm good. James. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Fine. Let's get this out of the way. <laughs> James has got one foot out of the house because there is some Europa League action oh, going on man. today. He's also in the hunt for Glastonbury tickets. So I don't blame you for that one, James. Just a reminder to you, James Bench, I've got a lot of friends in the music industry. If you're ever looking for tickets, hit me up on our direct message or you can text me privately. Uh, that's just the James Bench, not everybody else out there as well. Uh, let's begin in Serie A today because the fixture list in Serie A is absolutely ridiculous. Ridiculous. We're going to start with Juve against Inter Derby d'Italia. Looking forward to this game. Obviously, the last three Serie A games for Juventus has been pretty good. Three wins, six goals uh, scored. They haven't conceded a goal in those last three games. There has been a few gems, obviously. Some youngsters getting their opportunity to do well and play in a Juventus jersey. What are they doing better in Serie A, I guess, would be the question compared to what they are doing or producing in the Champions League, Nigel. I mean, this is a UV team that's trying to figure their way out, obviously sticking with their manager. Um, players have, uh, I mean, the injury list is ridiculously long. They still have a lot of talent. They're giving youth an opportunity to play, but going up against this intersite at home, normally they're a favorite. I'm guessing in this game, they're probably not a favorite. I think you'd have to say it's a form thing. I think with everything that we've seen from the start of the season, and again, when you see these kind of transformations, I personally think there's been a lot of uh, soul-searching or realisation behind closed doors. So whether it's the managers really giving some home truths to players, 
because he's backed by the board. He's been backed by the fans where the fans have been deeming that some of these players are not fit enough to wear the shirt. So it gets to a point where as players as well, you know, this manager's not getting anywhere, going anywhere. So you got to start performing. I think what they've also done is that, like you said, Ian, that they've given a lot of youth some chance. And I think the youth maybe have kind of spur up that energy and that belief again. And that's what happens when you've got the right youth. It's not every kind of youth you put in this situation, but when you've got the right kind of youthful players who come in with that kind of fearless mentality, that desire, that drive, because they want to prove a point, it became, it becomes a bit infectious in the senior players again to step it up to another level. Because I think that kind of inspires some senior players when you see youth like that. I would probably say, especially even with the performance against Paris Saint-Germain um, in the Champions League yesterday, I would say that's probably one of the best games I've seen Juventus play. And I would probably put them as favourite to beat um, Inter in this mm. game. So wow. I think it's a combination of everything. I would slight, I would back Juventus to win this game, if I'm honest. Yeah, I'm I'm not seeing it. I do agree with Nigel that they've got better, um, which I think is quite impressive when you look at this injury list. And I, I mean, I, I, I've just got it up here. You're talking no Vlavic, no Bremer. We know Pogba suffered a setback as well. The Shilio, Moise Kane, Weston McKenney. I mean, this is kind of, you know, the, the and this is why we're sort of seeing this youth youth movement at Juventus. And it's it's actually still really encouraging to see anyway. And this mm -hmm. is how young players get their chance, isn't it? No one gets it, or, or very few get it in a fully fit squad. But look, you know, I mean, they've beaten Empoli. They've beaten Lecce. Good win away to Torino as well. But I'm not getting carried away. Whereas with Milan, I like a lot of what they're doing. They they seem to, Inzaghi's kind of, loosen the, the chains a little mm. bit. I mean, if you look at the sort of midfield three they're rolling out, it'll be someone like Chalanolu will be playing as the deepest midfielder. You've got Mkhitaryan in a in a midfield three. I don't know how much of that he he sort of takes to takes to Turin or whether he, you know, is inclined to to play safety first. But I mean I, I think they're a really good team and and you know much the same as what uh Nigel said about Juventus against uh against PSG. I thought mm. into a pretty good against uh, against Bayern Munich in midweek. So mm. I quite like them to to do the business. Yeah, I, Nigel, I'm not really feeling the Juventus to beat this Inter Milan side. They've won six out of the last eight matches. <laughs> they figured it out. You have Romelu Lukaku coming back. As soon as he comes back, he bangs in a goal. Edin Dzeko, who when, Juvent or when Inter Milan last year was playing well throughout the season, he was scoring goals. He's one of the older gems of this team. Their strike partnerships, they have such balance. They can put whoever out to complement Lautaro Martinez, and he's becoming more of a playmaker, not just a goal scorer for this team. It's the goals from midfield that make this Inter team more dynamic. Barella. He's been a house on fire, can't stop scoring. I think he what, scored in three straight Serie A matches. And when you look at Juventus, I agree with the youth movement. I love when young players get their chances. A big thing that's boosted them, no Vlahovic. You can't play Vlahovic and Milik up top. When you play Milik, it's more in, ingrained in him to be the holdup guy. Moretti looked more dynamic, having an out-and-out -out attacking midfielder underneath a target striker. I think you get more out of this Juventus team. And Frigioli, this kid's a baller, deep-lying playmaker, can get in, really brings balance to their midfield. And for one of the first times, you see more consistency. Juventus has played a 4-4-2, basics, just two banks of four, defending two strikers stay up high, Angel Di Maria whenever he's fit, playing off of Vlahovic. Now they're going back to this back three, but 3-5-1-1 gives them more solidarity and they're more effective on the counter. It'll take an Inter Milan team to show up gassed and out of form and just not showing up for this game, I think, for Juventus to win the match. 
Do you not guys? Do you guys not think that Federico Chiesa's uh, return will play plays very inspirational for Juventus? Because I think he's not really going to be. He's not really going to be fit. And I mean, if this was Chiesa at, at full pelt, best player on the pitch, I would argue. But yeah, but even yesterday, James, I saw a little glimpse of influences. When you've got someone like that, even if it's seventy percent, it inspires that kind of inspiration yeah. that yep. can be the difference in winning a football match. And I saw glimpses yesterday against Paris Saint Germain where. It just—it was a difference when he was in that final third. The confidence, the skill, the ability on the ball, and you could see confidence growing in some other players. So I think that he can be very influential, influential in this game. Yeah, I mean, you guys will all know better than me. What's it like when you know your better teammates come to to bail you guys out hmm. on the pitch? Massive like lift. when you've you've got your star player back after a period of absence. Lift massively. Oh, yeah. The oh, confidence yeah. goes through the team. You, you actually believe yeah. you could win the game by another 30, 40%. It goes up. When yeah, you've got ju- players... Just having that, players in training inspires yeah, you, right? Yeah, it, it builds... It, it influential players. It inspires the culture of the team. It creates a belief, and especially if you're one of the other players who are more defensive-minded. I think the three of us probably had more defensive responsibilities. Although, Nigel, you hit a... Uh, Cracker was at Tottenham. You hit a banger with your eyes closed against. Um, but that's for another podcast. I got to take my one shot. I, I imagine come this on. is like... I imagine this is like when I come back from annual leave to come on the pod. You guys are just like, <laughs> got our star star guys back. Let's raise the game. <laughs> to be fair, yes, yeah, we do feel really... like that one. Listen, let me just remind you that Inter themselves are on a very good run. Therefore, league yeah. wins on the trot. They've scored 11 goals. They've just welcomed back Lukaku, then sort of lost Lukaku again. Who knows where his fitness level is? It doesn't look like he's going to be uh, fit for this weekend. Um, I expect Inter to turn up. They are favourites, as Desi just put up the, the odds right there. Plus 135 for Inter to win this game. Juve plus 205 at home. For Nigel uh, being a favourite there, I think it's really good odds if you're going to go for a Juve victory right there. Plus 205 is great money to be made on that one there. Yes, I'm talking about betting because I'm having a very good uh, month on the betting for October into Put a bet November. for me in, please. Put that <laughs> Absolutely. For me. No problem, Mel. Let me just get your prediction real quickly. Nigel, I've already got you. You think Juve are going to win? I'm going to go for a 2-1 win. 2-1 win, Juventus. Mm. Mike? Uh, 3-1 Inter Milan. Goals are coming their way. James? Let's say two two. Hmm. Yeah, I'm kind of I'm kind of seeing a draw in this one as well, James, and I'm hoping it's a high scoring game here. I'd love to see Juve get the win, but Inter right now in the form that they're in, I know Juve have done well, but there's been a few last minute goals. There's been a few reliance on the young players. I think Inter would be a favorite in this game to win it. So if I'm going to go for a favorite, I'll go for Inter <laughs> with a two one victory. But I think James might be right here with the draw. Let's move on to Atalanta against Napoli, at second against first in Serie A. Um, how are we expecting Napoli to rebound um, from their first defeat across all competitions this season? Michael I mean uh, against Liverpool it wasn't easy for them they played very well in that game Liverpool played well as well but I think Napoli going back to domestic football they would have looked for an easier fixture than this one Atalanta are on form this season difficult to score goals against and a team you have to be worried about I think Napoli would be fully capable of rebounding because of their performance at Anfield in a blockbuster matchup against a Liverpool team that's been one of the yo-yo teams of Europe. Show up, play one good game, probably end up losing this weekend, but we'll see how that plays out. For you Liverpool fans, I know you'll never walk alone, but this season you'll always walk alone. But back to Serie A. I know, dishing out, dishing it out today. Back to Serie A. This is a great game. 
Napoli, a team that everything's going right. You have Victor Osiman back, back amongst the goals. He looked threatening. If it wasn't for VAR in the Champions League, probably would have contributed some factor in a goal. Everyone's contributing. It's a team, goals by committee, goals by Osiman, and Cavada seems to continue his form. I think this is going to be down to how Atalanta deal with Nap- Napoli's press. Napoli forced so many turnovers, such a good team in transition. They can sit deep and hit you on the counter. Atalanta, they're a team that are susceptible on set pieces, though. Udinese exposed that last time they were in a big game. The good thing is they get Luis Muriel back. He got the red card against Lazio. That was a big miss for them in the recent match. Adama Lukman, he's been the guy who stepped up significantly, thriving in Syria. He's really found a home. And so the, it really depends on who, which, which teams kind of their, their identity puts more of a stamp. Does the defensive solidarity about Talanta snuff out Napoli's potent attack, or does the high press and counter pressing and counterattack goals of Napoli usurp Atalanta's uh, campaign? Uh, James, can we just get a prediction here from you on this one here before we move on to the next game? Yeah, I'm. I'm sorry to cop out again. I'm gonna go one yep. all. Uh, no, one, one fun thing: Atlanta get a lot of penalties. So I mean, I, that's why you know, kind of Atlanta are going to nick a penalty, um, but it's hard to see them keeping Napoli out. So yeah, one all. Nigel, I just, I've got a feeling you're going to go for Napoli again. Why yeah, not? Right, three, three, one Napoli. I feel that Napoli have a lot more attacking threat than Atalanta. I think yep. Osman could be the real key difference in this, as Michael stated, aerial threat and also the energy for the press. He presses so well. We've seen him press defenders and win the ball and, and score goals. I think Osman's going to be a big difference, but it's not just him. Raspadori, and also you've got Quicha Kualaskelia. So I think that there's Ooh, more attacking well threats financially. Like, we need to clip that and put that on social media. There's, there's far too many of us taking the piss out of Nigel, put it on social media. But yes, his, his pronunciation is sensational. that one. Stick that, that in your great. pipe and smoke it, Des. Just a little bit of a reminder right now that both of these teams are two of the best defensive teams in uh, Serie A uh, this campaign. Napoli only conceded nine. Atalanta only conceded eight. And then to your point there, Nigel, Napoli have scored 30 goals from the 12 games they've played so far. It's very difficult mm. to stop them scoring. Atalanta have scored 18 goals. And this is what's impressed me most about Atalanta this season. Defensively, so much better and I think the lack of European competition for Atalanta is making them a force to be reckoned with and that's why they're doing so well in Serie A do they finish in the top four I think they potentially could with the Italian teams doing well in European competition it bodes well for Atalanta to do well but in this type of game against the Napoli side that are probably pissed off that they just lost the game I would say that Napoli are an absolute favourite going in for this game, but this one's going to be a banger to watch. Can't wait for it. I'm actually going to go with Nigel and think that Napoli get the victory here. I think it'll be closer than we predict. Maybe another 2-1 game. Both teams to score in this game would be expected, but both of these defences have been incredibly good to watch. Move on to the Rome derby. Derby della Capitale. It's Roma against Lazio. It's fourth against fifth in the standings. There's the odds right there. Uh, Rome, um, obviously a clear favourite in this game. Minus one or two and Lazio, the plus 270. Good money to be made on them. This this is a cracking game. Roma are in fourth place, one place above Lazio, but Lazio have scored eight goals more and led in three goals fewer, which is incredible to say. So what should we expect from this game, James? Yeah, so this this is very much one for the stats nerds out there because as you say, Lazio's goals... Oh, he's gone. He doesn't want to hit... I said stats nerds and he enjoys these. Um, <laughs> but you, you, we, as you rightly say, Ian, Lazio scored more, conceded less... But if you go and take a look at the expected goals and, and metrics like that, actually, it's completely the opposite. And as I often say on here, Roma, like by those metrics, they profile to be the second best team in Italy. And all that's really holding them back is 
Tammy Abraham had, had a sort of slightly rough start to start to the season in front of goal. Um, equally, you know, kind of a lot of Napoli's success has been good. Go- uh, not Napoli, Lazio's success has been good goalkeeping, some slightly wayward shooting in front of goal. And kind of my view on that is always, and I think the bookmakers have priced this in, that, you know, Tammy Abraham hasn't become a dreadful striker overnight. Lazio haven't become an amazing defensive team overnight. So you can expect some form of regression, some swing back towards what we'd expect and kind of, to my eyes and to the numbers, Roma are a better team than Lazio. So I think I think they will make that show this weekend. Nigel, you like this Lazio side though, right? Hmm. No, if I'm honest, no, I'll probably start concentrating more on the Roma side because of Tammy Haber and uh, Jose Mourinho. Yeah. So I haven't really paid too much attention to Lazio. So if I sat here and spoke about Lazio at great lengths, I'd be lying to you all. I know Michael is. <laughs> I know, yeah, Michael does. But I think for me, when I look at Roma, like... Um, James said that it's going to be a typical Mourinho performance. And I think that Mourinho is one of the best managers when it comes to these situations. Derby game, they're at home, knows what's at stake. And I I still personally don't feel we've seen Roma at full throttle. I think Roma is reminding me of a lot of teams in Europe right now where they're grinding out results, which is still dangerous. We don't give them credit for when they're still not playing at their best. So I, I believe in James. I think there's going to be a moment when you see Roma really playing the fluent football that we expect, scoring and destroying teams, I think they're not too far off it. And I, I, I'll back my man Tammy for this one. I think that Roma will get the win. Mike, mm. talk to me. Talk to me about Lazio. I mean, you've, yeah. you've you, you put the curse on them at the weekend, but outside of that, they've been they've been pretty goddamn good to watch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I'm probably going to see uh, DMs from Lazio fans if I pick them to win this match again, saying stay the hell away from our club because it's been a rough go since I've come back from France. Any team that I back. Teams to get the piss taken out of them. But for Lazio, they're playing without their best player, Chiro Mobile, still out. In come Zakani. This kid keeps scoring goals. Feed him, feed the bear. But the rest of the team, Pedro playing up as a striker rather than a winger. Riccio Sari is shifted from a 4 4 2, 4 3 3. This is a Lazio team that has had to adapt. And they're a team that, when it's all going well for them, when they get the early goal, they're fast starters. When they get the early goal, they're so difficult to beat. I think this matchup is going to, going to go down to one of two things. One, if it's if it's the longer it goes 0-0, zero, zero, Mourinho masterclass, Mourinho will love that because he knows between Zaniolo and Tammy Abraham, Pellegrini as well, dictating things as the attacking midfielder, it'll favor them. They 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 love thriving in one-goal games, especially one-nil games. He'll celebrate that like he did the Conference League. But if Lazio get the early goal, then I think it's going to be goals aplenty. Lazio thrive when it's one goal becomes two. Milinkovic Savic is going to be key with Chiro Mobley out. He will have to step up to be a leader for this Lazio team. Just one thing to add as well. Obviously, we're recording this on Thursday afternoon before both of these teams have massive Europa mm. League games. I believe Lazio are away to Feyenoord. Um, they yes. can get away with a draw. Uh, Roma need to beat Luda Goretz at home as well. And, you know, one thing we have to bear in mind with these sorts of games is especially when you're playing big players in your Europa League minutes, you may well have a very different team and a very tired team come Sunday afternoon. So uh, could all change if one of these two goes crashing out of the Europa League. I mean, imagine if Mourinho is knocked out by um, a team of Bulgarian, a Bulgarian you know, team. It's probably going to be quite embarrassing for him. <laughs> Let's take you a look to at choose your words wisely. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I didn't want to sort of yeah. be rude to Bulgaria as a country. Yeah. But equally, it, it, like, ginger. we have to acknowledge. Like but at the same time, yourself. you are. <laughs> <laughs> hey, ben, Benj is on a roll this week. You know, he's on a roll on Twitter, getting gassed up. He's on a roll on the show. Keep it going. 
Oh, he was fired up yesterday as well. Don't worry about it. Let's take a look at the rest of the fixtures in Serie A to look forward to. Serie A campaign has been absolutely fantastic. Make sure you subscribe to Paramount Plus or if you want right now, there's a, a promotion going on where you can get one month free Paramount Plus action. You can catch a lot of the action on CBS Sports as well. Uh, you can use the QR code in the top right-hand screen right there if you want to get that one month free. Uh, use the uh, promo code UEFA22 if you want to jump on it as well. But so many great games. Such a comp competitive league it is to to watch right now teams doing well in europe teams doing well domestically and there certainly is going to be a battle once again i believe for the scudetto in italy this year so big games to look forward to and uh let's move on to la liga before we get to a quick break here there's only really one game we want to discuss in la liga that is the derby in seville it's betis against sevilla betis putting together quite a fantastic season i believe this campaign however derby games are pretty tricky and uh, sevilla with a new boss in san Paoli in charge here what gives in this game mike I think it's going to be stop the bleeding. This is a, a Sevilla team that is in in big trouble. They're near the relegation zone, and they were giving up goals aplenty. I go back to the Barcelona game where they got absolutely humiliated. The Jules Koundé revenge match, and Koundé showed up providing assists. Sampali is a, a guy who's very familiar with Sevilla. One of the things that made Sevilla tick in years past, they made him so successful you had to break them down. They were defensively solid. In the last couple of matches, the City game aside, because City's embarrassing teams left and right, I thought they, they, they've they shown more competitiveness. There's more belief that they do have a bit of the quality, but I think the consistency and goals have been lacking. They need to get the likes of Ivan Rakitic, who was playing in a more attacking position at the start of the season. He's now to a more box-to-box -box midfielder position. They need to get some of their midfielders contributing more in the attack because right now you only have one attacker getting in the box and you're not going to score as many goals with that. For Real Betis, I think the Europa League has been such a boost for their confidence, showing that they can go toe-to-toe -to -toe with the likes of a Jose Mourinho's Roma. I, I look for them to be a dominant factor, but you never count out Sao Paulo's team. Sao Paulo will have his team ready to make noise and ready to make an upset. James? Yeah, I mean, just if nothing else, we should also point out for people that mulling what to watch and what to put on on TV and enjoy the atmosphere of, this is one of the best derbies in Europe as well. You know, real special one, riven with history. I mean, I love some of the stories that come out of this. The derby in 1918, where Betis sent a collection of children, literal children, allegedly to to play against Sevilla um, and Sevilla showed absolutely no mercy and won 22 nil. I can't see Sevilla scoring 22 goals if we played this game for a hundred years. Um, and like kind of Mike, I'm, I'm, I'd be pretty optimistic if I were a Betty's fan, but you know, hoary old cliche and all that, but form books straight out the window on Derby day. And hmm. uh, you know that uh, Sevilla are going to be up for this. Nigel, you got yeah, I think that's the best way to look at it. It's a, uh, it's a Derby game and form doesn't really matter. And I think, uh, Michael hit the nail on the head there. Sevilla is a club historically that the foundation was built on a great defence. As much as they played fantastic free-flowing football, the defence was one of their biggest compliments. Hard to score past. That's gone. Slowly trying to build that back. Again, you want Rakitic to be doing more attacking work, more in the final third, in behind the opposition midfield, but he's having to find himself do box-to-box. -box. So again, there's a whole recruiting process going on. But let's not sleep on Real Betis. And also, you can even say Real Sociedad. Those teams have been very competitive. Clubs with history of bringing a lot of players through the academy. And they've done really well and recruited well. But it's, it's a derby game. I think Sevilla will probably want to stop the bleeding. And it's about going back to basics, as Michael said, and being very defensively organised and solid, hard to beat. And just staying in games right now and slowly start picking up points.
Uh, before I give you my comment here on this game, I love Derby games more than anything. James, how much credit goes to Manuel Pellegrini and the job mm. that he's doing at Betty? It's obviously great experience, but uh, he seems like he's very happy there. The players seem like they're enjoying playing for him. And coaches, I mean, certainly if you look at Pellegrini and Betty, it's not getting spoken about too much in La Liga right now. He's a great players manager, isn't he? I think one of the challenges you maybe have, and one of, you know, as with so many walks of life, Sometimes your great strength as a coach can, can prove to be a weakness. You know, at Manchester City, they they adored him for how hands-off he was, how relaxed and at ease he was, by all accounts doing the same at Sevilla. But then, you know, when things aren't going well, that can be a challenge. But right now, I think he's the perfect coach for that that situation, that collection of players, a good mixture of, you know, younger and older talents and a dressing room that kind of can run itself. I think mm-hmm. in those situations, Pellegrini's a really great manager and, um after his tough times at West Ham, which is kind of the worst club I could think of for him. It's great to see him having some success. Listen, Sevilla, go ahead. I apologise on that one there, James. Um, Watch your mouth. I will say this though about Sevilla. They've been poor in both ends, right? They're not scoring Mm. enough goals. They're conceding too many goals. And in a Derby game, Nigel's absolutely spot on. Derby games are different, right? You go into it, the statistics pretty much go out the window. The table position goes out the window. It becomes a part of uh, the the fan culture and the city culture. We've, We've all been around Derby's enough to know that Derby games anything can happen um, so really watch out for a surprise result and I was actually surprised that Desi just threw up the, the odds right there Betis were plus 110 I think they were I mean for Betis to be so high odds in a Derby game especially with a table position tells me that you know the odds and, and the experts are expecting this could be an upset but I think you got to give credit to the way that Betis have been playing their football the goals they've been scoring Borja Iglesias outstanding footballer right now um, obviously getting up there in age uh, but just a, a terrific team to watch also love watching them in European competition as well and the Sevilla Derby is certainly one that you do not want to miss let's take a look at some of the other fixtures in La Liga um, that maybe catch your attention Barcelona Almeria on Saturday Rayo and Real Madrid on Monday uh, uh, in the somewhat derby over there. Um, anything in particular catches your attention from the other games in Spain that should be wary about here? Real Madrid against Rayo, Nigel. Anything to worry about there with Real Madrid? Uh, no, not at all. <laughs> Let the Real Madrid machine, the well-old machine, continue. I'm sure in the background they're more worried about planning this Real Madrid uh, world or Real Madrid land and they're getting the architecture plans ready for that because it's just not really that competitive in the La Liga. And it's not just that, it's not that competitive for Spanish teams in European competitions too. So I'm sure they're fine. Let's just get a quick prediction on the Seville derby before we get out of here and get to break here. Betis against Sevilla. Sevilla. Uh, James, what do you got for me? Betis are my favourites here. What do you got? Yeah, 2-1 Betis. Mm. No, Mike. wait, 2-0. Sevilla are rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> I go 2-0. You say that? I go 2-0. Sevilla, I think Nebel Fakir and Borja Iglesias. World Cup implications on this one. Two players who could be vying for their spots for their respective national teams. So especially Nebel Fakir, I think he's a guy who could be pushing for a starting spot alongside Christian Nkuku for France. Keep an eye on him, but I think he produces alongside Iglesias. Love him, but he underachieved so much for me, Fakir, by the way. I've, I've watched him all his career, and my, oh my, what a talent. But for frick's sake, man, like just oh, produce it consistently, though, man. He was he was all Betis last season. He was the one crowning jewel. Uh, yeah, but not consistently enough for me. Uh, Mike, sorry about I'll that. Nigel? James said Sevilla were crap, but yet, yet Man City had to call in the recruitment yep. to get the job done. Anyway, I think it could be a draw. I'm going for a 2-2 draw. 
2-2 draw Derby Day. Okay, I'm going to go for a Betis 3-1 victory. I think pain continues for Sevilla, especially when it comes to the Derby Day. All right, let's take a quick break. When we return, we'll take a look at the upcoming fixtures in the Premier League. You're watching House of Champions, Ian, Nigel, and James. For some reason, Michael just disappeared, but he'll be back after this break. Did you know that while over 60% of Americans dream of starting their own business, less than 20% of them take the first step? The reason? Building a business is tough. Taylor Brands is simplifying the business journey. From launching and managing to growing your business, Taylor Brands isn't just another tool. It's your online business partner from launch to success. With Taylor Brands, building your dream business becomes an effortless experience. Their comprehensive platform guides you through every step, ensuring you have everything you need in one place. From LLC formation to bookkeeping, invoicing to acquiring licenses and permits, and even setting up your bank account, Taylor Brands handles it all seamlessly. And our listeners will receive 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans using our link, taylorbrands.com slash CBS Sports. That's T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A-N-D-S dot com slash CBS Sports. So start your business journey today with Taylor Brands. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Well, if you're looking for a month free Paramount Plus action, P Plus have a one month free trial offer code UEFA22. Scan the QR code on the screen or follow the link in the description. We've already showed you it. It's right next to Nigel Rio Coker's head. So if you. He's <laughs> got <laughs> it. Uh, brilliant. What vision. If you're looking for a month uh, free Paramount Plus action, catch this area, catch the Champions League. We've got so much to look forward to as well coming your way on Paramount Plus and across the CBS Sports family. But P Plus offering that one month free trial you can also uh, click the link in the description to get your one month free paramount plus action enjoy with a large preview in this weekend's top fixtures let's turn our attention to the premier league we begin with chelsea against arsenal it is a london derby really looking forward to this derby chelsea are still trying to figure themselves out under graham potter arsenal flying high top of the league two points advantage uh, over city more than anything else um arsenal have that 10 points more than chelsea right now they've scored 13 more goals let in only 11 goals um james bench tell me if and how Chelsea can upset Arsenal this weekend, if at all, that is even possible. I mean, it's certainly possible. Although I have to say on recent performances, you would make Arsenal fairly strong favourites, I have to say. I mean, I think Arsenal look a better team in midfield. They have all their centre-backs and, and full-backs available, which is not something Chelsea have. But really, that you know, so therefore Chelsea are going to need to take what few chances come their way. That means getting Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang in the mood. Obviously, he has a point to prove against his former team, but on a bit of a goal drought of late, can you get quick service up to him, up to Sterling, who it was good to see scoring as well against uh, Dinamo Zagreb, and yeah. get Mason Mount in the picture? Really, they need to be able to dominate possession because I think if Arsenal are able to exert control on this game, they're the better team. And it has been a really long time since we've said that in, an, in a Chelsea-Arsenal game. Arsenal can now, they, they go to Stamford Bridge, they will play their way and they will back themselves to win. So Chelsea need to uh, to be ruthless with the chances that come their way and do what they can to keep possession against a, a superior midfield. Mm -hmm. uh, I uh, 
gosh, this Chelsea team, I'm still having flashbacks of the the demolition derby at Brighton. This is a Chelsea team that in the last couple of weeks, I've wondered about how they started matches. When they start slow, bad things happen. And when you're against Zagreb, you can afford to start slow and you do have the extra bit of quality. If they start slow against Arsenal, Arsenal are a team, they're fast starters, home or away. If you start slow, the likes of Gabriel Jesus, Martinelli, and everyone else, they will knock you out, not just get the first goal, but land the knockout blow. The Bakayo Saka potential miss, that could be a big factor. He won't be. Before. He won't be. be He missed like two, one or two training sessions. So he, Uh, he he will be there, I think. Scrap my point. Arsenal are going to do damage. Chelsea, lots of prop. Now, Chelsea, it's going to be dependent on what formation. <laughs> it's going to be dependent on what formation that they show up in. In European competition, they've played this back three and the usual formation they played under Thomas Tuchel, opting to play with wingers as their two wing backs. Maybe Ben Chilwell gets in at left wing back. He did well in the last Champions League game that he started performing well. But Raheem Sterling... Where is he going to play? Is he going to play as a left wing back? Is he going to play alongside Aubameyang? Those are the questions that Graham Potter is still trying to iron out in big matches. And if Sterling's playing as a wing back, oof, good luck to you, Chelsea. Arsenal win the game. Chilwell's got a hamstring problem, mate. Pulled out. He's two. probably missing I'm the World Cup. I'm two for two. Gonna, he might be missing the World Cup. Crap. Well, game you done. Did watch, you did watch the Champions League, right? Uh, I, I think I did. In, 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 uh, in France. Yeah, in France. In France. Anyway. <laughs> Listen, I'm going to go a complete different direction. We just talked about it. This is a derby. This is a derby game. Let's forget about current um, <clears throat> records and, and form guide. It goes out the window. The atmosphere is going to be absolutely electric. What will change this game is the fans being there. Forget everything that you've seen about Chelsea. Yes, I think Arsenal will probably try and take a leaf off Brighton's book, starting the game early, starting with a high press, putting them under pressure, not letting them get comfortable, try and kill the game early because Arsenal have the players to do that. But at the same time, you can't write Chelsea out. And for me, someone that I've been critical about, Abamyang, he's going to take this personal. I think oh, this is where we're going to see Abamyang because we haven't paid attention to him because there's certain things that kind of really made his character look bad by Arteta. What a game to pay him back. He will not need no motivation from the manager for this game. This is the game he marked when he came back to the English Premier League. And I think Aubameyang is going to be on fire this game. I think he's going to be probably clinical and he's going to be very angry and aggressive. You can never write Chelsea out. Yes, we know Potter's still trying to find his way, trying to find his form in the attacking sense, which he's struggling with. But I think for me, all form goes out the window. James could tell you, we've seen so many times when Chelsea meet Arsenal and the favourite who you would say, and I would back James to say, Arsenal would be the favourite, don't turn up and get absolutely turned over. This it's the That's the beauty of a London derby. And I'm telling you, the Chelsea fans are going to be so up for it. Being at home, a reaction from the Brighton loss, and it's Arsenal. They don't want to sit there watching Arsenal top of the Premier League. And I think Aubameyang is going to really be on form for this game. <laughs> I like that comment from Matt Osmond, Aubameyang frustrating Arsenal fans one more time. What's very interesting, and I, and I agree with Nigel, he's going to have a point to prove. But one thing yeah. we won't, we haven't necessarily thought about and spoken about, and a lot of people haven't, is this Arsenal team is going to have a point to prove to Aubameyang. Um, specifically, you'll have, you might not have seen, but earlier this month, video came out of Aubameyang quite soon after he left for Barcelona, talking about how Mikel Arteta can't manage big players and big characters. 
And, you know, he's kind of said, look, that's something I said in the heat of the moment. But that means in the heat of the moment, Aubameyang thought that these Arsenal players weren't big players and big characters. And I am certain, I, I know that, right. and I'll have a piece coming up on this. I know James. that... Um, <laughs> go on, Nigel. No, you finish, finish. Go on, you've got a piece, go on. I was, all, all I was going to say is there are a lot of... Uh, the view of, our, of of Aubameyang within the dressing room has, has changed even since he left within the Arsenal dressing room. There are going to be a lot of players with a point to prove. And this is such a, you know, it's such a vibrant, young, happy team. I mean, go and see what Gabriel Martinelli was like. A personal uh, you know, thing, James. That's what you're him. saying, right? Mm. It's a personal thing now against Aubameyang. I think it has become more of a personal thing than it would have been. So many of those young players really admired and appreciated Aubameyang. He was the, you know, he wasn't a great club captain, but he was great in the dressing room. And I think... Some bridges feel like they've been burnt. I think it's fair to say since then. I'm going to have a piece on that, by the way, on uh, cbssports.com, nice. um, probably sometime on Friday evening. Um, but yeah, th- there are going to be players with a point to prove. Nigel's totally right, though. Abamyang is also going to want to show that he is that big player, that big yeah. character who wins in the big derbies. And that's my thing, quickly. I think, mm. well, let's be real. Abamyang was the big character in that dress room. And I think he had all right to say what he said against Arteta because you look at this Arsenal team now, I give him credit. They're a great team, a great unit. There's a togetherness about them that we haven't seen Arsenal for long, but there is no real big characters. There is no individual personalities. They're, they're following Arteta's guy. Yes, there isn't, Ian, because you know it yourself. When you see big characters, you'll see it on the pitch and everything that comes with being a big character and a big personality. That's still not there, which there's nothing wrong with it because what yeah. Arteta's done is work. <laughs> but I think yeah, about yeah, Nigel, <laughs> Nigel, don't yeah. sorry, sorry to interrupt you, but don't you think that the chemistry in that, in that dressing room for Arsenal is a lot better now Aubameyang is not 100%. there? I, I know you talk about leadership, right? But I have followed Aubameyang all the way back to his Dendetians and even before that from his Milan days, right? This guy, tremendous player. Obviously, goal scorer. We see it. But he has the habit of being a cancer in the locker room, upsetting everyone. Players get pissed off. You've been in the locker room as I'm well when, dis- when you're dealing with egos <laughs> like him. When I'm that's dis- gone, chemistry oh, no. where the team comes together is very difficult to break. Arsenal are a proper team now. Mm. It's difficult to beat that. Can I'm I, not disagreeing can I give you one example of that. In the moment of what he said, he's right because he was the big dog. And he was the big dog that was given the power. And all of that came with when, our, um, obviously, Arteta came in. He's writing what he's saying in that moment. I'm not saying he's right in the dressing room or just because he's a big personality means he's going to be a great leader on and off the pitch. No, that's not it. Great leader on and off the pitch with a big character. You're talking about the likes of a Vincent Campany. Great leader off the pitch, on the pitch, big character on the pitch as well. That's not a Bamiyang for sure. But I'm just saying what Arteta's done is great. And then I think, again, what we've got to forget, we've got to remember this. This is one thing I said the other day. There's a greater burden of pressure on Saka than there is on Phil Foden. Phil Foden could be taken in and out of Man City and replaced with different players. Saka's yep. not playing in mm-hmm. this game. I feel Saka is going to be a big loss for Arsenal because a lot of things come through him as well as, well as Martinelli. But I think he's going to be such an influence for this Arsenal team. It could be a big loss in this game. Can I just say one thing to Ian's <laughs> point uh, on, on the chemistry? Because I'd like to share this. It was quite fun. Um, you know, you guys will have sat in press conferences and been spoken to by the media and people have asked you questions about your contract and I'm certain your agents and everyone would have advised you don't say anything it doesn't help our negotiating position if everyone knows you're desperate to stay Gabriel Martinelli yesterday in the pre-match press conference you know Chuck I chuck in a little question about his contract thinking he'd say not much at all he ends up by just saying all they need to do is go and get a pen and I'll sign the contract that is especially for Arsenal a club that are so used to having these crises, whether it's Bamiang, Ozil, Ramsey, Sanchez, having players that just want to be there and want to sign new contracts, it's so powerful. And, you know, 
that sort of stuff gets reflected on the pitch, which is uh, why I think Arsenal have cause to feel bullish. Mike, you got anything to add to this? You've been very quiet right there when it comes yeah. to this conversation, but I'm sure you've been in locker rooms where you're dealt with egos and shit like that. Yeah, I, I just I was trying to get a mask to breathe between the conversation between Benj and, and Nigel because it was just like WWE wrestling sort of stuff. <laughs> Glastonbury sprinkled in between. James would win. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I, I, I think the power of the group and the power of the collective is always bigger than one player. And this is a battle between Mikel Arteta and his Arsenal team. But Mikel Arteta won round one, getting rid of Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. And I think when you have a striker who is going to be so hellbent and really selfish to try and prove a point, to get a goal, that can possibly derail the plans of Chelsea. Graham Potter will have probably spoken to him time and time again. It could also be fuel that he uses to motivate Aubameyang to put in a masterclass performance. Aubameyang did have an assist in the Champions League game, I think on the Sterling goal. So it's not like he's completely out of form. The Champions League has been where he's done his business, not so much in the Premier League. But with the way Arsenal are playing, a unified front, with the way the youngsters are stepping up and a leader that's emerged in their team, another striker who will want to continue to prove a point because he has a lot to play for, for the Brazilian national team, Gabriel Jesus. I love this guy. I love what he's meant to Arsenal. And he's becoming more of a vocal presence for this Arsenal team alongside the likes. We talk about big personalities. Granite Xhaka is a massive personality. The dude, the dude got booed by the entire Emirates. That's a big personality. He was a captain one minute, and now oh, he's one of the role players. Put the violin away. He's not the only player that's happened to. Put the violin away. Nigel's been booed by so many grinds. Getting booed by so many players. Nigel still gets booed. To say Arsenal doesn't have big personalities in that locker room, I, I don't fully agree with that because Granit Xhaka is a big personality. He's, yes. he's a captain for his national team going to a World Cup. It's a big personality. Listen, great points. Uh, what a great discussion about Arsenal Football Club as well. But before we get out of here and move on to Spurs against Liverpool, I need to get a prediction from you. Nigel, let's go with you, buddy. I'm going against the grain. I'm telling you, I, I sense a Chelsea win. Chelsea 2-1. Chelsea 2-1. James, what you got? 2-0. Uh, 2 all mm. safe answer right there, James. Give me a break, <laughs> man. You've, taken, you've been taking too much shit on social media. You've gone for a safe <laughs> Give me a break. Mike, what you got? Um, I'm going 3-2 to the Arsenal. The Arsenal do give up goals, uh, especially when they go on the road, but they do score goals aplenty. I see them continuing that trend, 3-2. Well, our good friend Vic has got 2-1 to Chelsea. He says, go on, Nigel, tell James, we have what it takes to bring Arsenal down uh, to earth on Sunday. No doubt about it. Plus, it is a derby game, absolutely. However, I like this Arsenal side. I'm going for a 3-1 Arsenal victory this weekend. I think they continue to do good things in the Premier League. Let's turn our attention to Spurs against Liverpool. It's third against ninth in the Premier League. I can't believe it. Spurs have had two last-minute winning goals in both the Premier League and Champions League. Uh, absolutely going to be full of confidence because of that. Liverpool just broke Napoli's record. Um, tough game to predict. Huge game for Liverpool. If they want to start an attack on the top four, I guess this is the type of game. We're going to be quick on this game because we want to move on to Aston Villa, Manchester United. But this is a good game to look out for. Nigel, I'm going to come to you first on this one here. Top four for Liverpool is what their target is. But these are the type of games you got to win. These are the type of games that they need to win. And it's going to be, uh, I'm sure it's going to be a typical Conte sport, Spurs side. Sit down, dig deep, dig the trenches, be hard to break, which Liverpool have found hard to do this season. Found it very hard to do against Nottingham Forest. Lost that game. When teams sit without the lack of that magic of that Sadio Mane, Liverpool find it hard. I think it's going to be a hard one to call. But I think... 
personally, I can see a draw in this game. Mm-mm-mm. I think the big talking point that Spurs have lived and died by and Liverpool have struggled with at times this season, set pieces. Tottenham Hotspurs are the set piece kings of the Premier League. Such a good team. You look at the likes, Harry Kane, and we talked about the, we haven't talked about the Son injury, massive loss for Tottenham, but the likes of Harry Kane, Bensicourt, Langley scoring a headed goal. Tottenham, they will want to grind the hell out of this game, frustrate Liverpool even more. Liverpool, for as much as they've shown glimpses and Mohamed Salah behind the goals of Mohamed Salah, Dar Nunez popping up with a goal or two here and there, but Mohamed Salah, He's been their shining light and their saving grace this season. You can't I, – I apologize to you, Mohamed Salah. Remember maybe a month ago I had a pop at you, and you know what? You can have a pop at me. I apologize. You are the Pharaoh king of this Liverpool team. But the rest of the team, the inconsistency is what troubles me. For Tottenham, they are who they are. They, they know no other way than to leave it late in the second half. I go back to Liverpool. If they start bright, if they get that early goal, then – it's going to fluster Tottenham a bit, but Tottenham, they're the second half Kings. Majority of their goals coming in the second half. They've shown it in the league in their last match against Bournemouth. They show it in the Champions League. I, I do worry a bit if these players, how exhausting it is to have to leave it late to come back and get a goal and get a result. But this is more pressure on Liverpool than I think Tottenham to get a result in this match. Yeah, I think Mike really hit it on the hit the nail on the head there right at the end, saying that you know this is going the last week or so is going to have taken a lot out of Spurs playing till the last minute against Bournemouth, playing till the last minute against Marseille. That wasn't in Antonio Conte's plan coming up to this this massive game away at uh, home to Liverpool. Is that midfield? My question going to have enough legs? Rodrigo Bentanco gave it all. He's been wonderful this season, mm. and uh, you know a shining light, a superb addition for Tottenham, but. I, th- I felt like Liverpool, kind of because they knew what was happening in the Champions League, they coasted through that game, even you know, even when they looked like they might lose it. They weren't that worried about things. Whereas Tottenham had to throw everything at the contest. And obviously losing Son, they've got no Kulisevsky either. They've got no uh, Richarlison. Richarlison. They're yeah. struggling mm-hmm. from open play. Uh, Mike's right. The, the set pieces are a huge But they do weapon. have Pierre-Emile Hoiberg with an absolute banger to win it in Marseille. <laughs> well, but... but, but, but but that's it. If you know, if, if your second best sort of forward, second most likely scorer after Harry Kane what? is Pierre Emil Hoiberg, I kind of got questions. I mean, we have so many what? questions about Liverpool as well. I wonder James, if they will just look to pack the midfield. And, that's what uh, I was going to say. I um, think the yeah. Tottenham will just pack that midfield and go into that five in midfield. Like Michael yeah. said, they're going to suffocate the game. And still, you can't write out Tottenham for coming out maybe with a one nil win somehow somewhere. And they play really well against Liverpool. Like can I just remind the can I just remind of all of you that Liverpool have not yet won on the road in the Premier League this season? Mm. Exactly. Mm. And you gotta go to Spurs who are third in the table. So good luck with that one. Uh, let's get our predictions and get out of here. Nigel. Two two draw. Mike. Uh two one Spurs. James E. Yeah, 2-1 Spurs. Ooh, Benj, what's going on? You just rooting for Tottenham. I'm not rooting for anyone, mate. I'm telling you what I think is going to happen. 
I think that's absolutely fine. Giving us a prediction of Spurs to win that game and who wouldn't. I'm going to go for a Liverpool win. Sorry, everybody. Um, Hyungman Son, obviously, real quickly before we just get out of here, he has uh, obviously got this injury to his face. He will undergo surgery. We still don't really know what the uh, issue is going to be with him and how long he's going to be out, if he's going to miss the World Cup or not. Um, Let's hope it's uh, a quick surgery he can get back here. Ali A says Liverpool win. Matt Osman says thanks very much. Um, Where does he say? Ali also says Spurs don't have the counter-attack effect because there is no Son and Matt Osman also asking if the latter can he just wear a face mask like Osimian. I guess that's what we're the, all waiting to find well, out. Ahead, yeah, James. they won't. What I was told is they won't really know until after surgery whether he can Basically, go to the World surgery, Cup. Whether yeah. he goes to the World Cup in a face mask, yeah. it could be two, three weeks. Could be a lot longer though. Who knows? Isn't it just an absolute nightmare for these players right now dealing with injuries and last minute injuries? They're like, I mean, the pure desperation from these players right now going through injuries. Chilwell yesterday, obviously, we've seen so many in the Champions League just past week. Recognizing the World Cup's right around the corner. I mean, it's absolutely ridiculous that the World Cup has taken place at this time in the season. I can't even get my head around it. Uh, let's get a quick prediction on Aston Villa against Manchester United. Villa 16th welcome new boys Unai Emery to the bench only one win in the last six United on the other hand slowly getting it together are undefeated in the last eight across all competitions prediction time Nigel Rio Coco we'll start with you your former team against Man United I'm just going to go for a Man United win only because Unai Emery hasn't had enough time with this Villa side yet. I think eventually he will transform them. And I think what he will do is very similar to the Conte style, defensively organized, hard to beat, hard to break down. That is the Unai Emery stamp and then play a bit of counter-attacking football. But I think form guide would say, I would have to say Manchester United really are starting to get into their groove now and really starting to show identity. So I'll give it a Manchester United win. Mike? I'm going 1-0 Manchester United. Uh, Everything that Nigel said, a big thing for United that has been key to their success, clean sheets. David De Gea coming up big in the last match, the second half performance. I expect that to continue. And Unai Emery will make it difficult, though. Defense is his masterclass, but United have too much quality. Yeah, I've got a United win as well, although I think we should say they, another team with a big Europa League game, they need to win away to Real Sociedad by two goals. So it wouldn't shock me if Ten Hag has to use some some strong players to, uh, to get through that game. But I've got a prediction for you as well. It's come in one day, and why not against an Argentine? Anthony is going to use that daft little ball roll standing still thing he has. One day he's going to use that to round a keeper. So why not Emmy Martinez? He's going to do that on Martinez and score a goal. I'm looking forward to this game, actually. I think Manchester United are our favourites going into it. I'd like to see Manchester United get the win, but I just you, you see that impact always with new bosses coming in, saw the training session pictures, the players were really getting after it. I, I just I, I would like to see maybe Villa get a draw here and get off to a good start under Emery and you know potentially make this game an interesting watch. Let's see if that happens and plays out. Um, other fixtures to uh, note this weekend, West Ham against uh, Palace. Looking forward to that one. City are in action against Fulham. Everton, Everton against Leicester City. Anything else, Nigel, that really catches your attention from the Premier League that you might be watching this weekend? I'll probably say that West Ham Palace is kind of intriguing as well. You know, I'm a big fan of uh, Patrick Vieira and what he's doing there with the resources that he's had there. I don't think he really gets enough credit for the job that he's doing because whenever you say Crystal Palace are playing, they're a great team to watch. They're not like a, a real bad or, you know, an identity of not trying to get forward or not trying to play football. Yeah. Obviously, a little bit heavily reliant on, on Zaha. And then obviously West Ham are still trying to find their form and get a run going. But I'll probably say that um, I'll be keeping an eye on that game. 
All right, let's move ahead to MLS Cup. Lice, before we get out of here. LAFC against Philadelphia Union. It's a cracking game to look forward to. Top of the West against top of the East. I mean, two of the best teams and most consistent teams um, in Major League Soccer. Mike, really apologies to you. Obviously, your team getting knocked out by LAFC. My team getting knocked out by Philadelphia. But I think we can both admit LAFC and Philadelphia are the two best teams in MLS this season. The way they've performed, the consistency they've shown. This is going to be a very, very good final to look forward to. Who you got and why? I pick the Philadelphia Union, my former team, not just because they're my former team, but because they've gone to Bank of California Stadium and gotten results and outplayed LAFC. Jim Curtin, coach of the year, he will make Philadelphia a very difficult team. They won't be expansive. They can sit in the mid-block at midfield, and they play with two strikers. LAFC struggle with teams. They play with two strikers and have midfielders that get in the box. They're a good transition team, and they also have good youngsters who can come in to give good minutes. Nigel, can do you have a, a prediction? Go ahead, James. You ask your question first. Yeah, can I ask a question? Um, what's going on with Gareth Bale? Mm. He's on holiday. Oh. Is it? He's still getting ready for the World Cup. Getting ready for the World Cup. Yeah. Yeah. Was it, was, so, so was there a realistic expectation? I mean, I think everyone knew, obviously, having not played in with for Madrid for kind of years, that he would need time. But surely, why is he not starting now? Is this, you know, I think we always sort of in Europe see it through the prism of the stars. Is this just that there are better options? keeping him out of the team go ahead mike yeah i i think that's part of it i, I think steve trundle gave him a stretch of games and gareth bale you could see him a little bit of potential injury concerns but uh, when they got boanga you got him as a dp player you have to play him chicho arango i think has been the the real key player the colombian colombian international mind you who has kept him out of the team and lafc have become a better team without him i think and it shows in the results yeah, there's no doubt about it that he's just struggled to get into the team. I mean, like he's he's obviously coming off the back of injury. You go to LAFC just to get yourself fit and ready for a World Cup. Absolutely love it. I'm sure he's loving life in LA as well. And I'm sure his focus is on the World Cup. I don't think Chirondolo is silly to think any otherwise that he's here for LAFC and he's going to be this golden boy. No, 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 no. He's here to, to, to do one thing and that's to stay fit and healthy and get ready for a World Cup. Maybe help LAFC. And I'm sure he has inspired a lot of the players around there. But Michael's right. There are players that they've spent money on that they want to play ahead of Gareth Bale. He is on a cheap contract considering Major League Soccer status, and I don't think there's any urgency to play a Gareth Bale if he's not playing well, if he's not consistently playing well. Having a Gareth Bale around your, your training ground, having a Gareth Bale around your bench, uh, it can only inspire other players, and that's exactly what's happening. Players are playing better because Gareth Bale is there. It's just unfortunate that it's not Gareth Bale who's in the lineup. But you also have um, uh, Chiellini's been on the bench multiple times this season as well. So it's not as always easy to get into this lineup. In uh, MLS, is completely different. Uh, Nigel, real quickly, what do you got? I just want to know quickly um, to Mike, would you say the Philadelphia Union, with the consistency they've shown recent years, do they have the ability to be the next uh, Seattle Sounders, because I think Seattle premier the benchmark of the MLS league in how they've gone about building consistent success and how they go about their business to a very similar model. What do you think about Philadelphia? Also, yeah. didn't make the playoffs this year. Just a reminder, everyone. Yeah, first, first time ever. This year. First time yeah, ever. First time ever. Doing it. There you go. Ever. I, I, I think they do. I think in the past probably eight years, there's something in the water, and I've said that on Austin FC broadcast because we get to do games against the Seattle Sounders and Portland Timbers. They have been the two teams who've shown up in the MLS Cup time and time again. You know, Ian, you will know that from last year, NYCFC beating Portland at their house. With the Philadelphia Union, they have a different model. 
it's a pipeline of youth. They invested in the youth academy and one of the best youth academies around the country. And you see that with players like Brendan Aronson, who's the flagship, who's the flag bearer of what the academy could be, thriving in the Premier League, thriving with U.S. men's national team. Youth is the future. And the fact that you have a manager, Jim Curtin, in 2016, I think that's when he really had his team, his own team. I played for Jim Curtin, and those were discovery years for a young coach like him. Now he has a stamp of approval. One thing about Jim that I've always respected and loved that he's done with Philadelphia, he plays with two strikers. In Major League Soccer, you don't see two strikers much anymore. You see one striker with an attacking midfielder, some teams playing uh, some version of a 3-5-2, except one with a second striker and a target striker. He plays with two out-and-out strikers because in Major League Soccer, I don't think they have good enough center backs yet who are comfortable defending 1v1 with strikers. And I think that's what Philadelphia have really countered on with most teams. So four four two then, four four two with a diamond attacking so midfielder he's, Gazdag. He's a, bit, he's a bit of an next Diego Simeone then, yeah. To uh, the well, to the well gets dry. No, nah, I wouldn't put him in Simeone. He, he, he doesn't piss off other people. He, he doesn't have Dude, this. Jim, uh, are you talking thing. about Jim? Yeah, he's not. Simeone. I wouldn't. I wouldn't describe Jim him. Jim pisses off a lot of people. Who are you kidding? Jim man? doesn't. Jim, are you kidding? Jim doesn't go to the. Simeone thrives off of that. Jim went Thank after you. City City Football Group. He went after City Football Group. Listen, we got to get out of here because I know for a fact that Dez is desperate for his breakfast. Again, it's James Bench. Before we get out of here, make your comment and then give me a prediction. Then Mike, then Nigel. Let's get predictions. Go, James. <laughs> I, I am, this is a complete stab in the dark here. I have no idea what's I don't care. going to happen. I see cool. the odds, but you know what? It's always sunny in Philadelphia, baby. Two <laughs> <and> two. <laughs> Oh, man, that's the comment of the pod. Like that LAFC have the better stack team. I'm going LAFC win 2-0. I've already like, told you. I'm singing it. Doop, 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 doop. Philly's going to uh, win. Don't sing that, all right? That hurts my soul <laughs> when you sing that here. Listen, I got a lot of respect for Philadelphia, even though um, they've pissed me off a lot over the last couple of years. I'm a big fan of Jim Curtin. I really am a huge fan of Steve Chirundolo and the job that he's done at LAFC. This game has made the best team win. It really, you cannot p- predict this year. I don't like the odds for Philadelphia, plus three something. Philly are a great team. And let's not forget they're a selling club, like you just mentioned there, Mike. It's all the best player in the offseason to Belgium. And now they're in MLS Cup final. Outstanding job. Philly are my favorites for winning um, MLS Cup. But I'd like to see LAFC get the job done in front of their own supporters as well. I know a lot of people at LAFC as well. So just yeah. one last, last little side note before we get out of here. You will not be able to park at Bank of California Stadium in LA for MLS Cup final. Parking is already been taken by USC for their college football game that 60,000 fans are expected for. So LAFC are encouraging fans to make the trip using Metro, free LAFC park and ride shuttles from Dodger Stadium and Ooh. ride share apps. Are you kidding me? Oh, that's, it's a like, hike. This, that's a hike. That country has a real, away. That's a hike. That country has a real problem with people that should be at school learning, playing American <laughs> football and playing sports. <laughs> Just sort it out. This is professionals playing the game. Well, this is the point, though. This is what people criticize sometimes the MLS for certain things where you say you want to compete against some of the top leagues in Europe. How can you make fans have to ride share and use the Metro because college football has priority over the MLS Cup? Like, it, it, it's a bit of a <laughs> embarrassing kind of Tell them to get back to class. Thing. Get back to the library. Do some work. 
There's Listen, that little, there's that little clip from Nigel that we were looking for. Thanks very much, <laughs> Nigel. That's all I was looking for. Hey, boys, excellent stuff as always. We're going to let producer Des get out here and get his breakfast Guinness. Uh, thanks, everybody out there for listening to House of Champions. Please take a minute to leave us a rating and a review on your favorite podcast platform. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and anywhere else you listen to your podcast. We're also available, fortunately, for Nigel Rio Coker because he's just such a beautiful human being on uh-huh. video. So subscribe to us on YouTube. Everybody out there, thanks for watching. We'll be back uh, on Sunday uh, to recap an amazing weekend enjoy all the games see you then